everybody. Welcome back to Breakfast with Bob. My name is Bob Babbitt, and uh, we are at the Challenge Championship as well as the Collins Cup. Brought to you by Master Spas, Hyper Ice Form Smart Swim Goggles. You can hook on a, on a Clash USA. And, of course, our Challenged Athletes Foundation, our next guest, three-time Ironman World Champion, two-time Ironman 70.3 World Champion, gold medalist from 2008, and he holds the Ironman World Championship record and the 140.6, whatever the hell we call it, record. Mr. Jan Fertano joins us. How you doing, Jan? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. Uh, in that whole thing you rattle off then, uh, minus the last one, not much has changed in the last two years. <laughs> it's about I know. time, it's about time we get something going again. You know what's what's interesting about that? You you, know, you come off, you win the world championship in you know 2019, your third title, you break the course record. You're like you're sort of on path of okay, all right, now I got three. Next year could be four and five, and then everything just gets put on hold. How did you how did you deal with the fact the world just shut down right when you're you're total top of your game? Yeah, I mean that that's the beauty of sport. You know, when you when you've been around for a long time, um, you know, 2016, I I had a similar thing by natural causes. You know, 2016 had a had a great day out, and then 17, 18, I was sidelined. Well, 17, I, I was walking. 18, I was sidelined uh, in Kona, anyways. And it's the way sport and, and and life goes, you know. And you should never anticipate, and certainly not expect any success to follow onto anything else, because you know, there are just too many variables. The one thing you can control is is yourself and, and, and your process and how you get to a certain stage in your life. But life is always going to throw curveballs and it does make me realize that, you know, those moments are pretty special and uh, I hold those memories quite dear. And the uh, you've become sort of your own... Uh, event creator <laughs> during this time too it's like well if there's not gonna be a racist what the hell i'll do my own indoor try and then uh maybe i'll get lionel sanders to come over and we'll do a one-on-one -on -one. did it, it putting on the one-on-one -on -one, just the uh, there's so much involved i don't think people realize when you're putting on an event even though you're like okay we're 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 we've got zwift and we're doing you know we're doing uh live uh, production of this there's there's a lot more than people don't see that's going on underwater yeah it, it's definitely unbelievable and i myself didn't realize it and, and my team we didn't realize it either you know it's it, there are a lot of moving parts and the truth is that we always strive to produce something something somehow special you know why mm. else would we do it like otherwise we could just you know put up a couple of cones around yes. the parking lot and just um you know really the idea here is to showcase our sport a little bit and and, and i think more so professional racing mm -hmm. because of course we know that triathlon is very much about the amateur it's very much about the camaraderie it's very much about the family of triathlon and i respect that 100 percent. but at the same time i feel the sport can grow overall through perhaps uh, a a more interesting or a more um, profound pro coverage and that's really what we're trying to show with that kind of event whilst also having a bit of fun you know that's yes. the thing it really is we are a small team and a pandemic i think like this shows who's able and who's willing to create who's happy to innovate who is uh, happy to to work with the flow, to mm -hmm. be to be adaptable, and that's what we were trying to do. Uh, of course, for for various reasons, you know, the the clock physically is always ticking along. Uh, an athlete's career is never endless, and sometimes you just got to take the bull by the horns and 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 create something when when there is nothing else there. 
what's always fascinated me, I always look at the, the Ironman world champion by default is sort of the leader of the sport, right? And, and it's always been that way in my mind. Uh, back in the day, it was Dave Scott and Mark Allen, Paul and Frazier, and they were role models and ambassadors, and they felt a, uh, they, they knew that they were responsible for sort of the growth of the sport, for the people, new people coming in, feeling welcome, a as well as they were uh, involved with, with their own charities. And what I love about you, as I consider the leader of the sport, is the, the little track that you created, right? And getting kids out on bicycles, because you know that once they get on the bike, then next thing, you know, they're swimming and they're running and they're in our world. And even if they don't do a triathlon, they have, uh, especially in this day and age, they have less chance of getting sick. They're going to be healthy and happy. Yeah. Again, you know, I'm, I'm just very, very fortunate to surround myself with really good people who have their heart in the right place, but who are also extremely motivated to create something new. And uh, we always had this with this try at home that we had the first real feeling of what it is to do something charitable. Right. You know, you go here and there and you give a hundred bucks and you a thousand bucks there and that kind of thing, which, you know, at the time you feel like, wow, okay, this is, this yeah. is something, but it's, it's not as emotionally connected as actually creating something, going out and, you know, um, getting involved with it. And it really yeah. is I, something I can recommend to anybody who's, who's in uh, thinking of being involved with a charity, donating to a charity, go out and see what happens and what they do with the good that you're happy to provide. Because seeing those kids get on the bikes and <laughs> seeing where they come from and result their little conflicts and have a camaraderie and, and simply see something that they enjoy because they're getting better on a daily basis is absolutely fantastic. And really, it has been a, a huge journey of growth seeing what a project like that can bring to an area and, and, and how many smiling kids you have around and, and you know how much it affects the local community because I see these kids in a totally different part of town. They're like, hey, man, uh, you know, had yeah. a great time yesterday and did a new trick and, you know, talking about all these kind of things. And it's, it's a nice way to learn about sport mm -hmm. whilst having a playful environment. And I, I think for the most part, when you look at our sport, swim, bike, run, it can be somewhat selfish, right? You go out, you spend time away from your family, you're swimming, biking, and running. But did it surprise you? Because you're through your indoor triathlon, you raised eight, was it half a million? A uh, quarter of a million euros. A quarter million euros. And Not much by, K, by, 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 by no, CF no, no, standards. No, 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 by any standards. It's, uh, $250,000 nice. is huge. 250K there. And so like when you're out training, do you draw on that and racing, that knowing that this is more than just me now. This is, I'm doing something for, for, for other folks and people are gaining from, from what I'm doing. To be very frank with you, I think high-performance sport by, by definition is, is somewhat selfish, at least as an individual discipline. You are very much focused on getting your own performance, mm. on, get, on the process of getting yourself to the best possible shape. And you have people you draw upon, but really the centerpiece is always yourself. And I feel like that's continued to be the ethos of my training and the ethos of my preparation. But as you get older and as you spend more time in a sport and doing, you know, essentially the same thing day in, day out, what happens is I have an immediate disconnection from the session I just did as soon as I stop because then, then those topics come into play. It really allows me to, you know, 
try and organize another 30 helmets because kids need it. And then you know, you're straight into another process, whether it's your own kids, whether yeah. it's those kids, whether it's any of the various projects. And that's where I draw immense motivation from because that really shows me what I do. You know, it, it, it's beautiful and it's sport, but there is, there is just more, you know, and, and right. sport ha- itself has more to offer and it has more to offer to you, to, to a society. And that really, I think is where it gives huge strength for the sporting part of it again is because when I do my sport, I can focus hundred percent on that session, but afterwards it takes me out of it. And that's what you need because I feel like if you dwell on you know, the details all the time and you get overly caught up in them after so many years, um, it becomes a little bit stale and it becomes a little bit stagnant. And that's, I think, a big part of maintaining a freshness while doing something incredibly satisfying outside of the sport. People underestimate the power of sport. We've, you know, it's, there's, there's nothing that makes a kid feel so more comfortable in their own skin than having success in you know, running, jumping. It doesn't matter what the hell it is. Speaking of success, we've got this Collins Cup right behind us. And you are uh, part of a pretty amazing <laughs> team, Europe, with yourself and Gustav Eiden and Patrick Lange and Joe Skipper. And you, you and Patrick get to be teammates. That's sort of fun. And Daniel Bakkegaard and Sebastian Keenley get to be teammates there too. Talk a little bit about you guys are overwhelming favorites for to take this home and put it in the uh, in the overhead when you get on the plane. Talk a little bit about just the the whole format here of Collins Cup and what you like about this. You know what I really like is the same thing. We are still in in awkward times in terms of world stages and world performances. You know, Olympics without spectators. Just to give you one example yes. of of, yeah. of things not being as normal as we we think they are, and and the PTO coming in, creating a new event um, that's that's got quite a buzz around it because it's new, it's interesting, and yes, at the moment, Team Europe on paper is definitely the overwhelming favorite, but. The whole concept is just something very new, you know, 12 individual races, mm-hmm. all of them sort of being in a time trial format is something we haven't seen before. And I really take my hat off to to the PTO and, and, and all the people who've come together to actually make this happen with, um, of course, extended planning, but um, really, yeah, uh, changing the scene yes. creating something new and i feel like uh, in 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 the long run in a few years time this could definitely be one of the fixtures in the calendar that everybody looks forward to because everybody likes getting behind their region mm-hmm. and you get behind a whole team rather than an individual and i think it's got an incredible future and i'm really really actually very excited yes. to be here genuinely because it's it's just something new. It's something different, and I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing it. So are you, you lobbying to race against anybody in particular? Is there somebody uh, from the, from the uh, American team or from the international team that you'd like to go? You, already, well, you went to head-to-head with Lionel already, so. <laughs> yeah, to be very frank, I'm, I'm, I'm not as vocal as, uh, as you know, some of the young up-and-coming kids, but for sure I'd love to see what, what they're up to. You know, I think um, 
uh, Team International, probably uh, Kyle, uh, who's had an amazing, amazing few months or even uh, seasons yep. um, back in you know, back in New Zealand. Um, Sam being the new kid on the block, you know, he's obviously super vocal and, and um, I'm, I'm excited to see what he can do in the future. Yes. But... Uh, to say it in the proper team camaraderie, just bring me anybody who's got who's got good legs on the day. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, as a guy who's now forty, I know uh, what's left to accomplish. What what, what are, what's out there that that you haven't done yet that you want to do? Um, you know what? I probably start working a little less goal orientated and a little bit more process orientated mm. in terms of. Um, yeah, trying to replicate or even improve on that shape from 2019, um, work on various things and just um, realize that, you know, your top shape as an athlete is is something that's, that's quite limited to a, a very few times in the year. Right. Um, maybe even only once in a year and only so many times in your life span as an athlete because oftentimes there's injury or something else coming in the way mm -hmm. and that's really what i'm most interested in simply because i just love that process of isolating myself a little bit mm -hmm. um and putting aside all the balls to juggle and really honing in on on those last couple of percent you know simply because i, I really enjoy yeah that that whole um, that whole phase, that whole process, and that's really what I'm what I'm looking forward to now because it always takes a few months of a build up, and then it takes probably another two months of fine tuning that last little bit, and realizing that that's something that's not endless is probably what drives me the most at the moment. So now that Kona is not happening in October, and we're hopeful that it'll happen in February, <laughs> you never know. This has become one of those things we have to be nimble, right? We have to, you never know where you're going to be going. What will you be doing the rest of the season? Oh, man, I, I, I'll, I'll be very honest. I, I just don't have the balls to go on holiday and be half cooked in case Hawaii does happen in February. Right. Th Got to be ready. There, there is... There's no way I can see it. Uh, if you look at the numbers this summer for the Northern Hemisphere and you look at the numbers last year, the numbers are actually worse. Uh, you know, so I more see whole countries shutting down rather than just regions such as Hawaii. Yes. Uh, but then again, I'm also not an expert uh, on in this field and, and I'd love to see it simply because I'd love to see the community get back together and, and, and celebrate sport and celebrate, yeah, the, the, the legend of Hawaii. Um, I'm deciding between two Ironmans. I will do, I want to, I want to have another big race and, and, and just finish that process, which I started obviously preparing for Hawaii and I'm sort of, you know, uh, maybe a third of the way there. And just that last little bit, um, to get to, I, I would love to finish this year. So I will definitely come and race again. I'm looking at, um, at Ironman Mallorca, thinking about uh, Ironman California, actually, mm. um, which sounds interesting. I, I, I heard some rumors the Norwegian boys might be going to California. So that'd be that, good to go ahead with those yeah, guys. Yeah, I'd, 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 I'd love to be there, you know, and just um, I think what they're doing for the sport is incredible. And and to be there and witness it firsthand and, and, and maybe have a say in the outcome would definitely be something that motivates me to, to push through and, and, and push on. So... Yeah, I'm trying to lock that in at the as we speak, pretty much. 
So when when you mentioned our our, the, our Norway guys, and when we look at uh, the, the Olympics that just happened, I'm sure you were watching. What uh, what did you think of uh, Blumenfeld taking off when he took off? Yeah, I honestly um, I, I met his coach on the on the plane uh, a, a few weeks prior, and quite frankly, I had my doubts uh, whether he'd be able to do it because I see him as an incredibly tough athlete but I wasn't sure if mentally he was he was quite ready to do something big when things don't go his way mm. but you gotta love how that guy puts out a call 10 years out and he's like boom I want this medal this medal's mine and then he goes and does it I mean that's just sound familiar <laughs> <laughs> yeah that sounds yeah, like you back yeah, in yeah, way. I didn't quite have 10 years but yeah definitely it's um it's just, I don't know. I, I just love when people are not, you know, huff, huffing and puffing about and they're like, oh, maybe, and I'd like to have a good race and oh, a medal would be incredible. He's like, no, I want gold, nothing else, boom. And then he goes and does it. Yes. I mean, that's awesome. Um, what I find even more incredible is the maturity the boys have shown by continuing to race. I mean, that's just phenomenal. I remember 2008 and, I mean, two hours after the finish line, I had a cold beer in hand and I didn't it didn't empty and for about four months you know i went on a party spree and had this and had an incredible time and these guys are just straight back into it you know he's doing a couple of interviews here the odd podcast and boom he's winning a world title yes a couple of weeks later and i'm like man that that is incredible and and of course the same going for flora you know i'm i'm, I'm a little bit closer to flora i know her and find she's got an incredible journey that she's gone through with all her ups and downs and injuries and lockdowns and yep. you know proper proper rocky style journey you know preparing in a 12 degree pool um, with a rubber band attached to her and all these kind of things that are just you know stories that i'm sure she'll share much better than i can but i look at this generation of athletes and i just i really i'm not sure if i admire it but I certainly respected hugely their commitment to continuing and being straight on top of it and, and setting new records. You know, we've seen world champions and Olympic champions in the same year, which has never happened before. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and um, I don't know if, if Flora will go on to do St. George. I think Christian might. Then you've still got Gustav, who's probably the real firepower on the half middle distance. I mean... Yeah two-time um well he's, he's won worlds once but um with that daytona yes show that was certainly you know what you would consider the world championship of of that year um it really is you know fresh young blood bringing in something different committing being extremely focused having a great team around them and it really forces everyone to up their game which i feel you know it's it, it brings turbulence into the sport and that's that's always a good thing so when you watched Lionel, um, like well, I think it's a month after your guy's battle, come and do Copenhagen and run a, a two forty three off the bike and, and, and do what he did, could you have imagined doing another Ironman this past weekend? Oh man, I've been going like a broken record. I mean, really, it's it's been a tough journey for me these last few weeks ever since uh, the tri battle with Lionel. And for him to come out, I mean, the pressure was on and he, he definitely always wanted to, um, you know, he had that qualification thing. But then kind of to be called off and for you to have to do the same thing three or four days later. Yes. You know, he, he knew he was, he, the pressure was off for him. Right. He didn't have to do the event, yeah. Yeah. You know, whether it happens or not. 
Um, so to come out and get himself into that kind of shape and and you know be be ready for it. I mean, it was overall was still under seven fifty, wasn't it? Seven forty nine. Seven forty nine. Something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, so he's gone under seven fifty twice in a month. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that it's, is like, sick. it's like, <laughs> dude. I mean, that's that's you know. Tip your hat. That's pretty amazing. Or whatever, whatever nutrition must be, must be bloody good stuff. Because I find, um, yeah, I, I, I definitely can't do that. Um, no, I was never the type for it either. You know, I, I, I peak once or twice a season. Yes, but that kind of maintenance it goes into the similar footsteps of what you know the Norwegians are doing, except that, um, yeah, he's just doing it old school. You know, without a coach, and just that's that's why I, that's what I love about the guy, and that's why I invited him to come over, and that's why he continues to you know put his mark on the sport, and and also motivate a lot of age groupers and, and myself. You know, he's the kind right. of guy you want to have a beer with. You know, after a career and everything, I'll definitely look to catch up with him and and just see you know what he's up to, because what he does is just he's a, he's a good guy. He's a good guy for the sport and. Backing that up with a good performance is is really good. So <laughs> I'm not sure how he's going to do in a half, less than half distance the week after that one. But um, I do wish him all the best. Yeah, no, I'm waiting to see that he's doing Roth next weekend. <laughs> Might as well. He's here now, isn't he? He's, right, he's in town. Jan, always such an honor to get to chat with you. I, I always enjoy our conversations. Thank you so much. And have fun taking this guy home this weekend. We'll, uh, we'll do our very best and see, uh, see if we can uh, get a few champagne stains on him. But yeah, thanks, Bob, for all that you do for the sport and, and sport in general. It really is uh, always really cool to see when you guys move. <laughs> Jan Ferdano has been our guest, everybody. Hold on. We'll be right back.